Welcome, my name is Amapola Ramirez and this is Chicana Moms Podcast. In this podcast, I talk to you about my life as a Chicana. As a professional, I want to share with you my knowledge. Tenemos todos un propósito en este mundo. Unidas, creamos cambio. Vamos a empezar. Welcome, ¿cómo están? Espero que estén muy bien. Um, mi nombre es Amapola Ramirez, and this is Chicana Moms Podcast. Thank you so much for clicking, you guys. I have seen my numbers go up, and I, like I mentioned in the previous podcast, but it's just like really nice to know, and I get messages from people like really, you know, telling me they love my podcast, and it just, it's so beautiful. It really is, and I thank you guys so much um, for following me on Instagram and listening to my podcast and just really hearing me out. Um, so today I have the topic on the boy crisis part three and I titled it gender empathy gap because there is a gap on how we are treating our boys in our society. Um, and I did speak about this in the other two podcasts, but today I want to talk about, you know, the conflict of our society. There's a lot of um, mass shootings out there and it's affecting a lot of innocent people, right? But have you noticed that all of these people, all of these young boys and older men, um, they're all males. They're all males. There's probably a scattered number of females doing crime as well. We're not dismissing that either, but We see a lot of our boys um, and a lot of men who are going out there and just, you know, shooting and killing people. And that is not right. So then that takes me to think like, okay, hold on a second. What's missing in that male's life? Like, what is it? Talking about this uh, topic and reading the book um, that I mentioned before, it's called The Boy Crisis. It really makes sense to me. A lot of why this is happening so we're going to talk about that today the gender empathy gap and I want you to really hopefully um, take this in and, and hopefully you're able to um, you know go out and, and buy this book it's really life-changing it really is if you're a professional if you're a parent um, caregiver whatever you are and you love kids and you have boys in your family, I think we all do, this book is really amazing. It really is. But anyways, let's get started with the topic of The Boy Crisis Part 3, Gender Empathy Gap. Okay, so... Have you noticed that when a cop shoots a black boy, there's a protest and then we call it the Black Lives Matter? But one of the things that we are dismissing is that in that word, in that word phrase that we're saying, black boy, we're only emphasizing on the word black, but we dismiss the word boy. And that is one of the biggest problems that our society, unfortunately, has dismissed 
we see how a lot of, well, in the past, I would say in the past, we would see how a lot of men would go to war, right? So in our society, we sometimes have this mindset that like males are meant to fight, to be strong, to hold their emotions in because they have to put this facade so that they can survive and be our heroes. Now, we have paid a big, tremendous price for that. A lot of young boys hold their emotions in. They don't express it because that's what they have seen from other males modeling in their society, which creates a downfall. There's a lot of violence, domestic violence, you know, mass shootings, which cost the lives of other people. So we really need to make um, this like a highlight. You know, whenever we see that title, you know, Black Lives Matter, um, yes, of course they matter. Yes. But what out of all those black people, how many males and females are being shot? Majority are males. They're boys, men. Yes, as females, black females also go through a lot of things. You know, also Mexicans go through a lot of things as well. I mean, every culture has the downfall of suffering, but I really have seen, I think in our study have seen the discrimination against black people and that is not right. So that is one thing that I want to highlight. You know, if a boy gets shot, it's always the white boy, the black boy, the Asian boy, the Mexican boy. And a lot of times we're only focusing on the race versus highlighting like, hold on a second. Every single time there's a crime, it's always been a boy, right? A male. Like, hold on a second. What are we going to do different now in our society? And this is why I wanted to do this podcast just to plant that little seed so that for those of you who have boys, you understand that their journey as a boy is going to be very different, obviously, as a female. Now, as females, obviously, I don't know, but me personally, I don't want to be treated like a man. You know, I want to be treated um, with, obviously, the respect just like everyone else, you know. I don't know. I can get into that topic, but I'm, I'm a female. That's what I consider myself. And for those who have daughters, you know, a lot of the times we talk to them about girly stuff and things like that. But with our boys, um, if the fathers have a difficult time expressing their own thoughts and feelings, and that's where it creates also a problem. Now, let me tell you, though, not all it's not the parents fault 100 percent. OK, because we have our society, how how they're sending messages about what men should be as well so we can raise our boys and talk to them about the importance that we can repeat ourselves and repeat ourselves but remember there's that percentage of fear of them at some point believing someone else because we are we can't control our kids so we can only educate them and motivate them and as they get older they start to build their own perception about life and that's where we just have to make sure we connect with our kids for them to fully understand and listen to them. If we don't listen to them, we're dictating um, our own thoughts and beliefs onto them. They're not going to want to accept it. So they're going to be vulnerable and open to believe something else. And what I'm trying to say with that is that if they start seeing how other uh, male individuals like their classmates 
or other males in their society behave and the way they they talk, they can take that and run with it. And that can be negative or it can be positive. So we don't know. Life is about, I mean, not life is about, but life is like a Russian roulette. We don't know um, who's really going to affect our kids or who's going to really go out of their way to help them um, succeed in life, right? We, we don't know. Now, when talking about the gender empathy gap, what do you guys think? Do you think that caring less about a boy dying is highlighted more than a girl in our society? Think about that. Let's kind of think back on the news, the things that we see on the news and that we hear on the radio. There's always a male, unfortunately, being shot. When was the last time you heard that a girl got shot? Uh, I'm thinking about it and I can't really recall. Maybe getting in trouble but not shot. So what's going on with that? I'm not saying that girls should be shot. No, not at all. Not even males should be. But do you see what I'm trying to say? Like what is going on in our society? So because we're mothers... And for those of you who are not mothers yet or are fathers and um, or have a nephew, you know, a little cousin, whatever, um, you as an individual, I think all of us as adults actually, should ha- we, we have a responsibility. I don't care if it's not your child. We all have a responsibility to make sure we influence our children, our youth with positive things. Oh my gosh. One thing that really, really personally irritates me is hearing how people talk bad about our youth. No, you can't talk bad about a young boy whose father is not in the picture, right? If you have time to talk bad about them, make the time to at least influence them and motivate them. doesn't matter. One Advice is can change someone's life. It is advice are so amazing. That's only if the person takes it, of course, right? But while this gender empathy gap is part of what enables our blindness to the boy crisis, we have been blinded to to the sexism, you guys, throughout human history, and there has not previously been a boy crisis. So why are we suddenly dealing with the worldwide boy crisis now, you guys? What do you think? Hmm. Well, as it states in the book, the answer will allow you to know why your son's crisis is not your fault. And once you know what creates a crisis, how to both fortify your son against it and prepare him to take advantage of his new opportunities in his present moment of life so that he is able to create an amazing productive life just like he wants to and just how you've always wanted your son to have. So you have heard me talk about the problem of the boy crisis. Now, this is a solution, okay? And the solution is finding a purpose larger than himself. Teaching your son to find a purpose larger than himself. Okay. And you might think, okay, but where do I start? And how do I do it or whatever? Well, let me tell you this. A lot of the males... Okay, fathers growing up, their dad told them because their 
their grandfather was also told. They were told what their sense of purpose was. Okay? They were told you have to be a man. You have to work. You have to do this. You have to do that in order to become a man. Now the difference is, and this is what the solution is for our son, is that we need to help our sons, all of our sons, find their sense of purpose. Do you see the difference? We're not telling them what their purpose is. We need to help them find it. There's so many ways to teach a child. We know exactly, well, I should say exactly, but we should, well, maybe I'll take that back. Maybe not all parents know exactly what their kids are into because sometimes they don't make time to sit down and listen to their needs and wants and their dreams. But for those who actually do know, feed it. Feed into it. Help them explore that journey, that passion that they have. If they love music, take them to music class. If they love sports, continue with sports. If they love to create videos and they have a YouTube channel, support them with that. When they know you have, they have your support, they feel safe. A lot of parents are so disconnected, you know, and I get it. Our society as well is also at sometimes disconnected because there's kids, there's a lot of parents that will say, well, I'm only going to take care of my child. That's all my responsibility. Yes, it is. But at the end of the day, the way I see it is that as adults, we have the responsibility to take care of every child every adolescent because if we don't make an impact in their lives it's going to affect someone's someone else's life so that is a solution not to tell your child not to tell your son this is the purpose this is how you have to be as a man no we have to help them find it with that it requires a lot of researching and on our part as parents. What do they love? So hardcore with the passion. What is it? Is it math? Is it science? Is it, you know, music? Is it animals? I mean, I don't know. It's your job as a parent and my job as, uh, as a parent as well to do the homework. You know? We can't just go to work, get the paycheck, Go to work, get the page. I mean, no, there's more than that. There's more than that. So one of the things that also stood out here in this book, it pretty much stated that a lot of young boys um, that enlist in the military, they want to be perceived as a hero. Now, the word hero derives from the root it's called sir, S-E-R, from which also get the word servant. So as well as a slave and a protector, you're serving someone. You're serving your country. So that's where the word hero comes from. Billions of boys throughout history have embraced the opportunity to serve and protect in the hope of being labeled as a hero in their country. Now, if they choose to go to the military, you know, and that's something they want to do, obviously we have to support that, right? And another solution to be able to help our kids to really find themselves instead of being told what to do 
is to provide them that guidance to be part of a team sport. The Center of Disease Control and Prevention finds that exercise helps build the muscle of a child's brain even more effectively than just studying. So that's really, really important. There's a lot of kids who are not doing sports. Um, And I, for example, I have my oldest son. He loved basketball. So right now he's at the stage where he's like, um, I don't think I want to do any sports anymore. Now, one of the things I did tell him is that that's not going to roll. <laughs> that is not going to roll. He is not going to not do anything. So because I don't want to tell him what to do, I'm, trying, I'm having him figure out ways to find what to do. He doesn't have the option of just like, oh, I don't want to do anything anymore. He has a choice of picking of what he needs to do because he's not just not going to do anything. So that's important. Um, we don't want to dictate to our kids, okay, you're going to have to do this program. You have to do this, this sport because I say so. No, it backfires with time. That's for sure. But once you give them that ability of like, okay, I have the choice to choose from these two options, um, it's a win-win. But it takes time because there are going to be moments where it's going to be very challenging for you as a parent, especially when they become adolescents. They don't want to participate in a lot of things. But this is where a lot of our creativity and intelligence and maturity from our part as parents needs to kick in. Now, the pickup sports are excellent participation for entrepreneurship. So, for example, pickup games encourage entrepreneurship by giving your child practice in, creating something from nothing, recruiting and organizing, creating their own rules rather than just following the rules of others, integrating friends with strangers without favoring friends or losing because one favored friends, negotiating boundaries that give everyone an equal chance or ones that give one's team within their skills a competitive advantage and creating consequences for rule breakers and deciding when they enforce them. So at this point, it's having them create their own games, like productive, healthy games. Things that they're going to use, like they get to use all of these tools that I just mentioned that eventually they can say, I was part of creating that game or that club or whatever it is, but it's just encouraging them to find something greater than themselves so that they feel complete and don't feel that the society and their own family members are dictating to them how they should be when that's not even them. Now, to be able to help our children, our sons, um, find themselves, they really need the guidance of their mother and their father, but yet not dismissing all the other family members, right? But the father in a boy's life, it is amazing. It's I say amazing when the father actually takes the time and implements life skills, social skills, you know, things that that boy is going to need um, from a male role model. Now, that's important, okay? Let's start with 15 that are more generally uh, applicable to a son's life when it comes to Um, the dads being involved in their lives. So let's start off with number one, school achievement. A study of boys from similar backgrounds revealed that by the third grade, the boys whose fathers were present scored higher on every achievement test 
and received higher grades. Number two, the three R's. The more involved dad is, the greater a boy increases in verbal intelligence and the better boy um, and girls, well, the better both boys and girls, as I'm trying to say, are good at math and quantitative abilities. Number three, school dropouts. The more years children spend with no minimal father involvement, the fewer years of school they complete. 71% of high school dropouts have minimal or no father involvement. Dad-deprived children are also more likely to skip school or be kicked out or expelled. And we talked about that in the previous, um, or I talked about it in the previous podcast. Number four, employment. While boys from two-parent homes are more likely than their sisters to be employed as young adults, boys who are dad-deprived are more likely than their sisters to be unemployed. And when they are employed, dad-deprived boys are also less likely than their sisters to succeed as professionals. Number five, suicide. Living in a home without a dad is more highly correlated with suicide among children and teenagers than any other factor. That is concerning as well. Number six, drugs. Father involvement is at least five times more important in preventing drug use than closeness to parent, parental rules, parent trust, and strictness. And it's a stronger determining factor than the child's gender, ethnicity, or social class. Number seven, homelessness. Around 90% of runaway and homeless youths are from fatherless homes. Number eight, bullying. The American Psychological Association found in its review of 153 studies that father absence predicts the profile of both the bully and the bullied. Poor self-esteem, poor grades, and poor social skills. Number nine, victimization. Children between 10 and 17 living without their biological dad were more likely to be victims of child abuse, major violence, sexual assault, and domestic violence. Number 10, Violent crime. Every 1% increase in fatherless is neighborhood predicts a 3% increase in adolescent violence. Number 11, rape. Among rapists who were especially assessed as raping out of anger and rage, 80% came from father absent homes. Number 12, poverty and mobility. Children who were born and raised by both married parents had an 80% chance of moving to the middle class or above. Conversely, children who were born into middle class and raised without a married dad were almost four times as likely to end up considerably poor. Wow. Number 13. Hypertension. Among black boys, hypertension is reduced by 46% when dads are significantly involved. Number 14, trust. The more contact children have with their dads, the more easily they make open, receptive, and trusting contact with new people in their lives. And the last one, number 15, empathy. The amount of time a father spends with a child is one of the strongest predictors of the child's ability to emphasize in adulthood. So many things that dad bring to the table into a boy's life is 
pretty much one, boundary enforcement, exploring nature, taking risks, rough housing, dad is a rough, tough cream puff, <laughs> four, teachable moments, a little pain for a lot of gain, first you work, then you play, number five, challenging the kids' limits, six, hanging out, time with them, playing, Seven is all the teasing, emotional intelligence, training, dad style. You know, they mess around with their kids, but in a loving manner. Bringing some joy into, or laughter, I should say, into the relationship. The conditional or hierarchical dad. The warrior and the warrior. The checks and balances of parenting. Pretty much everything that I read to you right now, it's what dads do differently. With As mothers, we provide that nurture, you know, that physical touch, right? That's what nurture, we talk to them. We, I mean, not that dads don't, obviously, but our approach is just so different. Um, but dads have their own unique way of being. So whenever you hear someone saying, because I've heard many mothers say, I feel the shoes, I am both mom and dad. No, you are not dad. You are not dad. If you're, if you're a single mom, just own it 100% and be the best mother ever and own that title, okay? When the dads are not in the picture, we cannot ever replace that, you guys. We can't. We just need to make sure that we help. There's a lot of fathers who have a difficult time parenting because a lot of them didn't have their own fathers in the picture. So we have to understand and even if those that did have their fathers in the picture and weren't really involved in their lives like the way they should it's because there's a pattern you know that's been happening for so many years but if you have a husband and it's really challenging for them to be involved parents even if they do live in the home one that's already called like it's called um, silent love but as mothers we also need to have that creativity to encourage and know how to talk to our husbands, to be able to learn new ways um, to spend time with our sons, to talk to them in a different manner, you know, um, and eventually it works out, you know, it really does, it really, really does. So this is part three of the boy crisis. And the gender empathy gap. I will be scattering out this topic of the boy crisis. Because I also want to step into the girl crisis. There are a lot of problems that are happening to our girls as well. And we can't dismiss that. Thank you so much for listening to me. I wish you the best, best, best of everything that you do. Believe in yourself. If you're a parent, believe that you can do everything and anything that is possible to make sure that your son is good. Not to tell them who they are, but to help them find out who they are. Thank you so much. Take care and God bless. Bye.